If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations, or you go online to mygreensolution.com. You use that promo code DNVR20, you get 20% off your entire purchase. Hey, I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on today's episode, I wanted to dive deeply into our conversation about what the Rockies should do at Catcher. Um, you know, we did the big conversation on starting pitching free agents with Patrick Lyons. I was hoping we could get together to do this one as well. But the more I looked at it, the more I think this is even a slightly more isolated conversation. There are one or two trade candidates I do want to briefly discuss because they've been bandied about a little bit. But more or less, I'm going to focus on what I consider to be the five most interesting potential candidates for the Rockies to add as a free agent catcher. Uh, I also want to be open to any one of the ideas that anyone here on the Facebook Live or the Periscope might have. The other thing that I want to do very quickly here is mention that, you know, I've already had uh, an individual episode that was dedicated to Tony Walters, and I don't want to rehash too much of that here. Uh, The Quick Reader's Digest version of that, of my position, I guess, on this, and I think this is more or less where the Rockies are at as well, is that Tony Walters is not in dire need of replacement, but that the Rockies can absolutely get more out of the catcher position, that they're fine if Walters is even the strong side 
of a platoon next season. I really like his defense. I'm inclined to agree the way he handles the pitching staff. I'm definitely inclined to agree. And as Mile High Batman points out here, Tony Two Bags and Dom Nunez, you know, that where they're at right now is not, I think, as bad as a lot of people have made it out to be. There does seem to be a contingency out there of Rockies fans and or analysts who think that Tony Walters is just not good and that Dom Nunez is never going to be a thing. And so that this is, I've even seen a couple of articles suggesting that catcher is the Rockies' biggest area of need. I disagree with that. I think that they're okay here if they do go with Walters and Nunez, if they add in enough other places, if they really go hard after the pitching. But yes, I believe that the Rockies can win, uh, get to the wild card, even, you know, if they're going to challenge for the division with better pitching, obviously something they need to have. Let me put it this way. Tony Walters can be a championship winning catcher. He absolutely can be a starting catcher on a team that wins a World Series. That That is not the Rockies' problem. Now, can they get better backup? Yes. And could they, is there an interesting scenario whereby they could get somebody that turns Walters into an overqualified backup and now they're really getting value out of the catcher spot? Absolutely. So let's talk about some of these names because there are some really intriguing ones. I have set aside some personal favorites of mine, uh, but I do want to hear, you know, if other people have any. I've mentioned before, Adam says here on the Facebook, Jonathan LaCroix. I'll begin with him because since I've already gone over the argument there and Rockies fans are probably a bit more familiar with him. Um, I, I, I think, you know, there's not as much to say. The biggest argument in his favor is a familiarity already with the Rockies pitching staff and that he's probably going to come remarkably cheap. He's he's the cheapest potential option of the people we're talking about. He's getting up there in age. He's not the hitter he once was. He's not even quite the defender he once was. You would expect him to be Tony Walters' backup, but one who plays with some regularity, and you're going to get probably more out of Jonathan Lucroy than you have the last couple of years out of Chris Iannetta. And so while it may not be the big, flashy, exciting thing, I do think that's a move that would improve the Rockies and one they could make near the end of the postseason when some of these other guys have come off the board. Of course, with Travis Darno kind of setting the higher end of this market here at uh, an, an $8 million a year. Not the Grandal is not, you know, that's a whole other category. We're of, of the catchers who are now available. His two-year deal with Atlanta for $8 million per, I don't think you're going to see any of these other guys eclipse that, right? I think everyone else that is even out there and available is going to come in underneath that number. Uh, with, you know, the, the only guys who were better this last, pot, this last season who are now free agents are older, and that's Robinson Torinos and Jason Castro. Uh, two catchers who I've long been interested in. And again, these are defense first guys. And I understand there's a, a contingency again out there that says the Rockies have to get better offensively at catcher. Um, 
for me, that would be a nice bonus if they could. You can squeeze more out of your lineup if you do land a guy. And, you know, Torinos is an interesting candidate. He's always had a positive WRC plus if you're into those kinds of things. The batting averages aren't there, but he gets the slugging. He takes his walks. Um, he, you know, he's not a super exciting offensive player, but again, neither is Tony Walters. He's hitting 17 home runs a year, basically, is Chirinos. Uh, hit 238 last year, 222 the year before, you know, the batting, like I said, but he gets the walks, 338 on base, 347 this last year, and he does still bring the really valuable glove work at 36, or uh, he's now 35 years old, so he's, it's going to be his age 36 season. I think he can come at a little bit cheaper. He's coming off a 2.3 FOR campaign for the Houston Astros. He'd spent a lot of time in the Rangers system. He's experienced the postseason in both of those franchises. And so I think that's something you've got to take a look at when you're thinking about catcher, which is a leadership position. And you've got to deal with pitchers going through all kinds of things. Somebody who's been there before, experienced the postseason, can be very, very valuable. So I like the idea of Torinos as a guy who's still a plus defender who you're going to get right-handed pop out of. Not a ton of batting average and and any of that, but you're going to get probably about 15 home runs at least uh, if he comes over and, and joins the Colorado Rockies and I think you can get him for you know money that allows you to do other things in the offseason. Another very similar version of that and I'm I'm just kind of plowing through here so if you've got questions be sure to slow me down. And Adam says, I do hear that Chris Iannetta is available. Um, and, and Will says, watch it be Jeff Mathis or someone really bad. And and yeah, neither of those uh, quite made my list there. So, uh, it, and then Osaka Buffalo wants to know, is there a legitimate chance the Rockies will go with Tony and Dom heading into spring training? Yeah, I, I do think there is a legitimate chance that that happens. I think they can allow this uh, market to play out. The one thing I will say is that there are a lot of options here. Th- there are chances to get somebody, and maybe even you wait and you get guys on a minor league deal just to see, you know, at spring training what they've got. But even somebody, you know, I, I just mentioned Robinson Torinos, who's going to be in his 36-year-old season, coming off a big year, if, if his market goes up, how about a guy like Martin Maldonado, who's, again, now he's not an exciting offensive player in the least part. He's got decent splits. You're looking at a, a guy who's going to be definitely the weak side of a platoon if you bring him in. But his defense is phenomenal. He works really well with pitching staff. Pitchers love throwing to Maldonado. So while what you're doing here is basically bringing in another Tony Walters I think that's actually a a pretty positive thing to have. And if you're going to get back to a run prevention identity, I'm far more interested, if it was up to me, in bringing in a guy like Martin Maldonado than the probably the most popular um, trade idea out there, Omar Narvarez from the Seattle Mariners, who, yes, makes the Rockies offense better, but he also completely torpedoes their pitching staff which already means all the help they can get. He's one of the worst defensive catchers in the league, and that's why he's not even on my list. I've seen a lot of guys saying the Rockies can get more offense out of catcher. First of all, 20 teams in baseball can get more offense 
out of their catcher spot in a, in a vacuum. But to me, it you have to have to more than any other team in baseball. The Colorado Rockies have to have a defense first, second, and third catcher. A guy who's doing everything he can to help his pitchers who have the toughest job in baseball navigate opposing lineups, get through those crazy games at Coors Field, figure out when, hey, you don't have your cutter today or the ball's flying like this today. All of the crazy things that have to go into it. And so stealing every extra strike, that stuff is just that much more valuable at Coors Field. And so, uh, yes, Adam, you are absolutely correct. I, oh, no, 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 somebody else wrote it. Oh, that was Mile High Batman bringing up that I always mention Martin Maldonado. And it's because he's a phenomenal defensive catcher, and I don't think he's going to cost very much. I said it on um, an Anovac asking right now. Sorry if I, I said that probably a Novak asking uh, who is the best defensive free agent catcher right now. Looking at the list, it's probably Maldonado. I like Jason Castro. Alex Avila had his time, but he's sort of come down a little bit. Um, looking over the list, Kevin Plowacki, no. Renee Rivera, absolutely not. Um, no. Weeders, again, is, is, is past his defensive prime. There was a time for him. So, yeah, Martin Maldonado is the best defensive catcher available. And, and that is why I continue to bring his name up. And I'm sure there are Rockies fans who scratch their head. He hit, he's got a 219 career batting average, 289 on base. He 293 on base last year. If you're a WRC plus or OPS plus person, you're, you're talking about someone who's consistently in the mid 70s. That's not a player that helps your offense. Martin Maldonado would not in any way help the Rockies offense. But if Martin Maldonado comes in and is a key factor in helping to turn Kyle Freeland around and get Peter Lambert to the next level, then that that's so, so much more valuable to me than a guy who would come in and make the Rockies offense better, but make those problems worse. Make it so that you couldn't put him out there. Um, so, you know... And Osaka Buffalo wants to know what's the money limit on a catching option since team will probably look to upgrade pitching. And that's another reason why I think you've got to be really smart about, you know, do you want to pay for offense at catcher, which is a super rare commodity and therefore costs a lot of money. That's how it works, right? You, you It's very difficult to get offense at catcher. When you're getting 35 home runs a year out of your shortstop, and 40 out of your third baseman, and you've got two all-stars in the outfield, and you've got a second baseman capable of hitting 30 home runs, if Ryan McMahon is your second baseman. You've got what you've got in Daniel Murphy. He's got a resume. He was bad last year, but still, that's a guy who no one's going to be shocked if he hits 25 home runs, bats 300 next year. You can get your offense. That's enough offense if, 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 if you pitch. And you play defense, and that starts behind the plate. You got to call the game, you got to scout the opposing lineup. So, if the Rockies announced today that they'd sign Martin Maldonado for a two year deal at $3 million a piece or whatever, if they gave him the exact same thing they gave Chris Iannetta, you know, which is, I think, close to four, around in that idea, I'd do a cartwheel. That's, and, and, and most people would, would be going, what do you mean? They just added a catcher who can't hit. They already have a catcher who can't hit. And I go, yeah, shore up that defense. 
let's get back to the thing that got the Rockies into the postseason, exceptional run prevention game. And he does have a bit more pop than Walters. He hit 12 home runs last year, nine the year before that, 14 the year before that. So Maldonado does bring you a little bit of right-handed pop. Again, it's a very similar profile to Ionetta, except he's a much better defender. And so I think that they can spend in that range. I don't think they should spend more than $5 million on a catcher. I really don't because there are so many of these guys who are available. Now, I mentioned Jason Castro. I'll put him aside quickly because he's got a very, very similar profile to Torinos. A little bit better of a hitter, a little bit younger. The thing with him is there's no natural platoon there because he is left-handed. So you'd have Walters and Castro as both left-handed situations. Um, but but the, I don't think that precludes a Jason Castro situation. If it turns out he's the best bet, if, if he's willing to take a $1 million a year, everyone's overlooking Jason Castro, then absolutely. And that's part of why I think as much as I would, in a vacuum, theoretically be fine with the Rockies showing up with Walters and Nunez, I think they got to grab one of these guys. There's just too many of them. Uh, let me throw another name at you. Russell Martin. He's getting up there in age. It's going to be his age 37 season, right? But he still graded out as a plus defender for the Dodgers last year. He's been a plus defender his entire career, not as as much as he has been, but he's a plus war player. Uh, the, the bat really took a hit last year. Hit six home runs, a 220 batting average, only played in 83 games. He's, he's a backup now. That is what he is. But with exceptional defense, some pop in there. Maybe you get a little more out of him with a Coors Field boost. Maybe you don't, but maybe you get Russell Martin, who's been an all-star in this league, who's played in a ton of postseasons, who really has been around the game of baseball and has been one of the catcher best catchers of the last decade. And yeah, he's well past his prime. But what if you get him on a minor league deal? You at least bring that guy, or, or a $1 million deal, $2 million deal for one year. And then you've got time to see what happens with Dom Nunez. I've always liked Russell Martin since he was with the Blue Jays and just seeing his name out there and, and seeing the fact that he still grades out very positively on all the defensive metrics. I, you know, I think there could be something done there. I certainly think it's a potential very cheap option with a lot of potential upside. I haven't looked into uh, Kevin Plawecki, who just recently uh, became available. He's one of the few guys in the under 30 market. Of course, I'm looking at a lot of veteran guys right now. Uh, Matt Weeders at 34 would be a total reclamation project. He's been, you know, he's had a really rough go of it the last couple of years. But if you think you can maybe squeeze some more out of him, you know, there was a time for Matt Weeders. Absolutely. Um, but those are the guys in terms of free agents that I'm looking in at. And, you know, Torinos may be at the top of my list with the production he put up, but he's still getting up there in age. I could see him getting overlooked. And you could end up with a catcher who's right-handed power hitter, who's pretty good defensively. And doesn't cost that much. 
Um, but I'm telling you guys, I'll be one of seven people in the world who thinks that the Rockies did something really special if they managed to land uh, a Martin Maldonado. I think Jason Castro could still be really interesting. Uh, I'd be very curious about a, a potential Russell Martin situation. And I was never in on Omar Narvarez, um, who, who was traded yesterday, Will. And so, yeah, I only bring him up as a as a as an in theory, right? As a like that type of player is just not the type of player that the Rockies need. I want to answer a couple of questions and talk about some trade possibilities because I've really just gone over the free agents. And as we just said, Narvarez is off the board. I do, however, want to give a quick shout out to our new favorite friends over at Mile High Green Cross. They've got some award-winning products I've got to tell you about. They've won uh, some cannabis cups. You've got to go to the website. Mile High Green Cross offers a variety of CBD products from edibles and concentrates two cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention they have everyday low prices on in-house products such as $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil bulk deals, five cartridges for a hundred bucks. Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. And if you don't have cash, it's not a problem because they accept Hyper. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary on average is just nine minutes. It's super important for all of you in these hecty and crazy lives we've all got. Hecty? See, I don't even have time to say hectic. They are informative and speedy. Head down today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They are conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they also offer parking in the back. Just make sure to tell them who sent you. So let's get into a couple of questions here. Osaka Buffalo wants to know, also about um, the the San Diego moves so far, um, or, or whether I think I'm sorry, I, I read that wrong. Whether I think the Rockies will make some news in San Diego at the winter meetings, and um, uh, sorry, I thought you were asking because the Padres had, had done a couple of trades lately. Let me just say because I thought that's what you were asking, uh, and it brought that up in my mind. I don't know what the Padres are doing, but I've thought both of the moves that they've made recently were really bad for them. I'll jump into that um, in, in just a minute. But so, so, so let, let's talk about... Now you guys do want to talk about the Padres because what in the world? Um, they're one of the few teams, by the way, this past decade that have been objectively just worse than the Colorado Rockies. They're one of like five or six teams through the decade, you could say, definitely. And since Jeff Breidich took over, it's honestly the Rockies have been about 13th in Major League Baseball's you wouldn't know it from reading the internet, but um, yeah. So do I expect the Rockies to do anything at the winter meetings? Uh, you know, it's it, it's difficult. This has been a weird offseason. There's been more early moves than we've seen in the last couple of years where teams have waited for the market to shake out based on the top dollar guys. And, you know, we're, we're still kind of waiting to see whether that will play out, but I, you know, I, I think it's very possible, but I, I don't think the Rockies are doing that where they're waiting for the market to shake out the way they have in the past. I think they're just waiting for the right deals to come along. 
I just went through all of these catchers, right? And there's a, there's a number of intriguing names on here I didn't mention. Somebody just asked here, um, Tawartha Sean, I got close, I hope, uh, says Wellington Castillo on a minor league deal. Could maybe be a 20 home run hitter in Colorado. Wishful thinking. It is wishful thinking. Wellington Castillo is one of those guys who's never, you know, lived up to his potential. But on a minor league deal, absolutely. Um, some of the Caleb Joseph's been a good defensive catcher in his time. Uh, on a minor league deal, would you be interested in bringing him back? I've never been a John Ryan Murphy guy, but the defensive numbers like him. Uh, let's see who else is out there. Um, Kevin Smith is an interesting candidate. Brian Holiday has as defensive numbers that you know, and it, it's always tough to tell based on just the defensive numbers. But uh, Austin Romine is a really interesting candidate. Who's a, There's just a lot of them. And they have, you know, there's similar numbers. Some of it's going to be how, how well do you think they're going to mesh with your pitching staff or not. But, um, well, and, and A. Novak says, conversely, why not let Nunez continue to grow and develop in the big leagues? And th that could be very valuable, but there's definitely a risk there, you know, Regardless of how anyone else feels about it, I've said this a couple of times, but it's it's worth repeating. Whether you agree or not, the Rockies are trying to win next year. They're trying to win the division. Like, laugh all you want. Whatever you think that the chances of that happening are, that is their goal. They're trying to win the National League West next year. And as such, you know, having a young catcher learn on the job when the single most important thing to the Rockies contending next year is going to be stabilization of the starting rotation, um, that's just a big risk. Now, th there is an interesting element to this, though, and I'm actually writing about this right now. Dom Nunez has an extraordinary relationship with Rockies pitchers. Anyone who's been in the organization for... A long time he's caught and I think that he's being overlooked a little bit right now because he had a long stretch as a prospect and a lot of the shine came off of him as a prospect and because he didn't get played a ton this last year but I do think there is a path where Dom Nunez could emerge and be a really, really quality catcher. And his calling card at this point in his career is defense. And so he could be that other guy who also does all the things I was just talking about, catches really well, frames really well, is an athlete behind the dish, and figures out how to hit 10 or 15 home runs. Could Nunez be that guy? Absolutely. So stay tuned for the article I've written on that. Make sure you subscribe to DNVR. Uh, that should be out here in the next couple of days. I do want to mention one last thing that was brought up by somebody, I'm sorry, here in the uh, periscope just before that crashed on me. And I did want to talk about this anyway, is that the Cubs may be shopping Wilson Contreras. Now, I was always way, way more interested in this than Omar Narvarez. This could be the compromise for the people that think the Rockies got to get a hitter at catcher. Well, here's the guy who, if you move some solid pieces, 
forum, then I'm I, I have zero bones to pick. I like quite frankly, I love Wilson Contreras. I love Wilson Contreras a great deal. I, I'd have to take a look at what his you know specific contract is and the Rockies prospects and system, but could they afford to trade one of their corner infielder first baseman prospect types uh a welker or a toglia or a, and i don't know who's got the highest prospect shine i gotta get together with patrick lyons and and go over all of that but wilson Contreras is basically a two-war catcher who hits 20 home runs and plays mostly very good defense and he's still 27 years old he's not the defender that maldonado is you know but he's he does not cost you and and this is a rare bird right this is it, it's it's nice for people to dream on hey if you go get a, a catcher that can hit he'll hit so well that it doesn't matter that he can't catch and i just don't believe in that kind of value analysis at catcher in particular um Adam says, what about Sal Perez? I know he was hurt last year, so I don't know if when he'd be healthy. I don't know if when he'd be healthy either, but that's another guy I've coveted forever. And if you got Contreras or Perez and you did so by trading, I mean, I'd put all the prospects who aren't Brendan Rodgers or pitchers on the board for these two catchers. I'm not trading Brendan Rodgers for either of these guys. And I'm not trading pitching, you know, Castellani or whatever. That That's not, you know, and so that may be a non-starter for them. But if you're looking at some position player prospects that might be able to get you one of these catchers. Again, I still think you can do a great job of solidifying the position by signing Maldonado for it won't be more than $4 million a year. Or Chirinos, or Russell Martin, or Jason Castro, and spending the rest of those resources, whether it be money or trading your your top valued prospects for pitching. Because in my view, while the Rockies offense can get better, it doesn't need to if they fix the pitching and the defense. So fix the pitching and the defense and your mediocre offense will go right back to being a 90-win type of offense because while they're mediocre in the aggregate, in an individual game, the other pitcher still has to throw to Troy, or Troy, to, excuse me, Trevor Story. I've been doing all this decade stuff. It's Trevor Story's the shortstop now. Um, I wrote the Troy Tulowitzki bit today. Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, Probably Daniel Murphy, or if not, somebody they've brought in in the stead of Daniel Murphy. I guess CJ Crone. Like, you can very easily have an offseason where you picked up Maldine, Martin Maldonado, CJ Crone, and a reliever, and no one's going to be excited about it. And I'm going to be going, man, the Rockies just had a fantastic offseason. They need to be acquiring guys who complement the best aspects of the team that they had in 2018. So yeah, I'd get I'd get interested in a hurry on Wilson Contreras if, if he became available and the Rockies didn't have to move, you know, Peter Lambert or Brendan Rodgers. But beyond that, I do think you can 
solve this problem with a minor investment that also doesn't block Dom Nunez, as we were talking about. Now, you trade for one of these other guys, you'd probably almost have to send Nunez back in the deal so that either Kansas City or Chicago would be replacing their young catcher with another young catcher. Um, Perez isn't as young as he used to be. I'd have to double-check that. But there, there are a lot of interesting avenues here. And so while, yeah, that's, what, that's what's put me in this weird spot. I disagree with the consensus that Tony Wolters is a problem and must be replaced. I disagree with the catcher is even a huge need area or one of the top three need areas for the Rockies. However, I do agree that they can make some steady improvements if they bring in a veteran catcher and that there are so many potential value options out there that unless the market is just way more than I think it's going to be, unless it's, you know, these guys are all going to end up making the Travis Darno $8 million a year. You know, I'm not, none of the guys I've talked about today, other than the trade guys, can you pay that much? But if it's $4 million for a veteran platoon catcher who's going to try to get to double-digit home runs and really handle the pitching staff, bring some calming influence back to Coors Field. Yeah, I, I think you can do some really interesting things there. So, ultimately, I do think the wisest move is for the Rockies to add one of these guys. And for it to just be whoever, you know, wants it the most. Sometimes you got to do that too. Who wants to play in Colorado? Who thinks they can do something here? Who believes in the pitching staff? Who wants to catch John Gray, Herman Marquez, and Kyle Freeland? Like, that's a big deal. But I'd be meeting with all of these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing some stuff soon from the Rockies because the, the market is moving a little bit quicker for the lower-priced guys. And so I don't think they want to get left behind there. You know, they, they don't care about getting left behind by the Garrett Coles of the world. That was just going to happen. But it's time to start start getting going on, on some of this stuff here. I also have got to remind everyone, because you know we love local business, and one of our favorite local businesses is Denver Rubber Company. You guys got to check out all the cool stuff. If you haven't yet, they've got die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contact manufacturing, all kinds of cool stuff, custom rubber hoses, anything that you need for the winterization of your life. They can cut it to size and pre-slot it to your exact specifications. They're making stuff that they use on the inside of wind turbine blades, so you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be quality. You know it's going to be reliable. They need those wind turbine blades to work. So, Make sure that you call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Make sure to tell them who sent you. Also, make sure you're following us on all the social media stuff at dnvr underscore Rockies, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. Patrick's going to be out there for us at the winter meetings. Uh, it's So we'll have all kinds of on the front lines reporting for you, and I'll have my analysis and reactions to everything that he's reporting on as we go through. I do have a little bit of sad news. We're going to have to reschedule our 
uh, planned book signing this Saturday. Unfortunately, just way too many people have gotten a hold of us and told us they really wanted to be there, but they're out of town. The holidays are a really difficult time for people. So we're going to try to reschedule it for after that when more of you can be there. Manny and I are still going to be hanging out, though, tomorrow. If you're listening to this, I'm, I'm saying on Saturday at noon down there at the Sports Column. So no longer at Blake Street Tavern, just across the street at Sports Column. We'll be podcasting. He'll have a couple of books with him. So if it's a last-minute thing, swing by Saturday noon. He and I are going to be talking baseball, talking Rockies. He'll have some books. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to sign them for you. And let me know if you're an out-of-town person. I'm trying to think of something that we can do, maybe a contest where we give away, you know, five to ten copies of the the book uh, you know dnvr can buy some copies we can sign them and we can send them out there for subscribers something i, I want to figure out something we can do for those of you who aren't local but would like a signed copy of the book manny and i will try to figure out uh what we can do as far of that as as that goes so make sure you've got his book blake street bombers it's available on amazon right now uh, Len says the book is magnificent, so we've got a review in here. I've only just begun to read it. I'll have a full review. Well, once I've once I've finished, that that will make it much easier for uh, me to review it. So thank you all for joining us for this conversation. If you've got any other ideas on what the Rockies should do at catcher, always feel free to hit me up anytime, anywhere. I will do my best to answer your questions. In the meantime, I hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more.